check, check, mic check. Network production. This is the Fly Moto 60 Show, presented by Truck Hero and Pro Taper. On PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's Thursday, February 9th, noon Pacific. We're road racing, people. Round six of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series. Coming up this weekend in Dallas, the house that Jerry built. Great stadium. Really nice stadium. The uh, press box chairs are fantastic, everybody. Lots of room up there, too. Wi-Fi codes are good. Concessions aren't far by, aren't, aren't that far away, close by. It's great. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Pro Taper, Truck Hero, and Get. Uh, thanks to everybody for coming on. Jason Thomas and Dan Truman will be on flyracing.com. Light Hydrogen Racewear, they continue to develop and improve this line of racewear through constant feedback from its amateur and pro riders uh, alike, with the end goal always being to create the lightest, most breathable racewear on the market. Trey Kennard wears Fly Racing, and he's coming back this weekend, we think. Red Bull KTM's Trey Kennard will be back this weekend for the first time since A1. Should be interesting to see how he can do, how he can jump into the mix and uh, and see if he can run the pace with those guys uh, where he's used to being. Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Gear, minimalist racewear design for maximum stretch and maximum performance. Flyracing.com, and please check it out. It's uh, it's probably their number one uh, stuff that they make as far as uh, what the pro riders like to use. And Pro Taper, the JGR Suzuki guys switched to Pro Taper this year. ProTaper.com, bars, sprockets, uh, and, and from the oversized bar that they first innovated to the Fusion Bar, one-third waffle grip, twister throttle tube, micro bar. Micro bar is really cool if you got a little one. Please check them out, ProTaper.com. Truck Hero, uh, parent, uh, parent company of the uh, NFAB people, and uh, they're a proud sponsor of the Auto Trader JGR Suzuki team, truck-hero.com. When it comes to uh, names that you can trust from the finest products for your truck, it's truck-hero.com. From inside of the vehicle to the outside, Truck Hero has you covered. Thanks to those guys. And get, 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 get. The new launch control system developed by Get Engineers is the LC GPA, and it's together, and they've developed this with the top teams around the world. Get ACU generation uh get it while you can cooper webb chad reed dean wilson well dean used to use it i guess and the jgr says you guys all use get depend on get caroli and those guys in europe this thing is legit people if you want the latest and greatest right from the factory teams um get ignitions uh thanks for listening everybody 702-586 pulp we are giving away a fly racing grande roller bag today on the show 702-586 pulp if you call in got a good question we uh will give it to you it's that simple uh taking the calls manning the the the, the computer over there the intros the outros getting a little worried about his guy the this legendary did i say that i mean tomac Again, caught, passed, let one, 
Okay. Dunge wasn't doing a, tr- a quad okay. again. Yeah. So so here's the thing. Yeah. This is three weeks in a row. If this happens again next week, then uh, you know maybe 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 we'll be there. But okay. So I was definitely shocked that Dungey didn't win that. I was thinking, all right, game over. Good, you know, good rebound, everything like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, freaking Tomac starts throwing your big, big old thing, and you're worried. No, you're worried. No. He's whittling this thing down. Maybe, maybe he, he's playing the long game. <laughs> Is that what he's doing? Yeah, that's what he's doing. What if it happens I, again? I, I sure hope that. What he's if just it happens like, again to your guy? Oh man, then he doesn't. I, you know what? Then I will be genuinely starting to be like, hey, "What's going on here? What's going?" Yeah, seeing him get reeled in like that is yeah, very unlike Dunge. That was very okay. Unlike uh, if he doesn't get a start, he's not. He doesn't have the raw speed a lot of times to catch dudes. Yeah, that's one. You thing. know, elite guys. That's yeah, one thing. Yep. But to to have a nine second lead he, on Eli and yeah, and, and yep. be and managing the race, it, and then Eli just freaking took off. It you wasn't know? even like he was like, yeah, maybe I'll try and start doing this like he did last week. He's just like, nope. Three weeks in a row in the semi race, yeah. caught and passed by Blake Baggett in the heat. He just wants more track time. No big deal. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, but I was definitely surprised he passed Baggett passed him. I'm thinking, all right, he'll get him back. Just give yeah. him another lap or two. Yeah. Nope. Straight I to agree. the semi. Yeah. So, ooh. Yeah. Not didn't get the warm and fuzzies last week. No. But, but no. I'm not worried. He was yet. okay in the press conference. Just, just, he put on a brave face. He seems happy. I, if he's happy, I guess I have to be he's happy. He's managing this lead, bro. He's, yeah, I guess. 17 is still a lot. He still because his, his points lead it would technically take, grew. It would take an act of God to have him off the podium. Yeah, probably. So he's losing five points at the most. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, and that, that's that, if that, that only takes three weeks to, for that no, to go but away. But three times you need an act of God to yeah. to, to knock him off the podium. Yeah, you yep. know, no way. So no, nah, not worried yet. But there's eh, little little grumblings of some concern. The uh, fly racing uh, roller grande roller bag. You have yes, one. Yes, I have one. Uh, paid for it myself, and like you and I were saying, I'm not a connoisseur. I don't travel every weekend and everything like that, but I actually use it for my moto gear when I'm going. I also use it for when I'm going mm-hmm. on little trips and stuff like that. I've always been really happy with it. I like it. I think it's a good look, oh. and I'm satisfied. Well, we're giving it away. Yeah. Today. One lucky person's going to yes. get one. Thanks to the folks at FlyRacing.com, Pro Taper, Truck Hero, and Get all on board with us today. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show Dallas coming up. Track map this weekend. Looking at that, man, it looks busy. Looks like a busy race, and we're back to a football stadium. We're back to a dome, so you know the, the dirt's going to be great. Uh, let's go to Kalen on one. Kalen, what's going on, man? How are you? Kalen, you there? Donnie's got scared. Kalen got scared. 702-586-7857. Give us a call anytime to talk some Dallas. Uh, like I said, giving away a Grande Roller gear bag. Should be interesting to see how Dean Wilson can do. Season best on the Rockstar Husky team. Had to ride every race uh, this past weekend, but season best finish for him. He'll be better on the bike. I talked to him about the differences. You know, remember he read he rode Red Bull KTM for um, a couple of years uh, and um, not a lot of time on it. He was hurting a lot, of course, but he did ride it. And I asked him about the, the difference in the bike, and he said it's real, real close. Uh, motor suspension, everything else. He said it did feel, quote unquote, a hair different than his old KTM. So there's a little bit of, uh, of that for him. But talk about uh, spending a ton of time on a Yamaha and then going to a Husky, you couldn't get much more different feel. So used to the KTM slash Husky, then jumps on a Yamaha. That takes him a little bit to get going. And now he's used to, now he's getting back on a uh, Husky slash KTM. So. Uh, should be interesting to see how he does there. I think this weekend I'm going to ask Jason Thomas and Dan Truman. They're going to be our our guests uh, coming up. I want to ask them about. I think that um, uh, this weekend should be back 
to optimum performances for Justin Brayton and Chad Reed. Busy track, lots of jumps, indoor, good good dirt you know so i'm gonna see what they think about that too and run that theory by them uh uh, if brayton and reed can rebound and sort of get back to where they were and we're still waiting on mookie we're still waiting to see what mook can do three straight weeks qualifying out of the heat races that's awesome and when you look at uh, a privateer bike it really is a privateer bike that's a pretty good performance it shows you exactly the kind of talent that mookie's got but then in the main event not so much uh not so strong uh rides from him getting tired a little bit out there to be honest and um you know, so I think he's going to get better. It's been three weeks, so you'd like to think he'd be a little better than when he was when he started, but he's not quite there yet. Um, but I, don't know, I think th- qualifying out of the th- out of the heat three weeks in a row can't teach speed. is what Mitch Payton always said, and Mookie certainly got it. And the 250 series, well, that's battling. That's coming down a little bit to uh, uh, Shane McElrath and Justin Hill right now. Plessinger can't seem to get it together right now, and uh, those two guys look to be. Um, taking um, where the title is going to go through one of those two guys, although this is the last weekend of the, of the West, and uh, you'll have a long break after that, and things could change uh, drastically, especially when you come back and you hit Seattle and Salt Lake, two wet weather races again where things could get a little nutty uh, when they come back. And don't forget, Vegas counts again on the 250 series, so same same deal with the 250, same, same counts for points and everything else. Uh, all right, let's get to our first guest of the of the show, Fly Racing Moto 60 show from flyracing.com. Jason Thomas, what's up, JT? What's happening? Grande roller bag we are giving away. Is it true? Oh, yeah, nice. Is it true that you fit inside one of these? Uh, I probably could. I'm looking at one right now. Actually, oh, I yeah. took it, brought it to uh, to Dallas. Okay. All right. So you possibly could fit in there. It's it's that big. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I would. Uh, it has compartments on the end. If I if I knock those down, yeah, I think I think I could pull it off. <laughs> Where your boots go? You knock the boot containers out. Um, yeah, it's just split into. It's got uh, side compartments. So. Um, hey, so track map for uh, this weekend in Dallas. It, it's uh, it's busy. It's a lot like Glendale. Yeah, there's a lot of jumps. Um, I think finally we'll have a track that stays hard packed enough to actually try some big stuff because every track's been you know maybe Glendale. I guess I, I should I forgot about that, but um, it it didn't really have other than the one section didn't have a lot of options. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping these guys can can break out some cool stuff similar to that one rhythm section at, at Phoenix. Um. It's going to be good. It's, yeah, it's a busy track. Busy. Um, it is. Lots of jumps. Two sections of whoops. It looks like a, looks like a, um, um, a off-camber turn, would you think, after the second set of whoops? Right? It looks flat uh, on the photo, but I think that'll be off-camber. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the uh, a picture of the build. Um, actually, a real picture. And it oh. doesn't look off-camber on the build picture. But oh, okay. I guess. All right. There's a pretty big berm there, so if they want to go to the berm, you'll be able to go to the berm. Are you? Is it a big uh, jump you're hitting, or is it like a wall? Because it looks like a wall. Uh, they're on the kind track of drawing. Still building. <clears throat> they're building the second set of whoops on the picture, and okay. they haven't built the jump in or jump out of that yet. Uh, but there is a berm there, so. Okay. Uh, um, do we know if Fly Racing's Trey Kennard is officially in? He is in. Yeah, he's riding press today. Okay. All right. So Trey Kennard is back. That'll be interesting to see where he can go. You're. You're a little bit on the – when you talk about Trey, JT, and, and I think you're going off the old Trey Kennard, I think, but maybe not. I think I have to uh, uh, disagree with you a bit. Um, talking about Kennard, you've told us uh, that you think, you know, he's going to do – he's going to be 4, 5, 6, or he's going to be 15, 16, 17 with a crash. And I and the old Trey Kennard I would, I would agree with, but I think coming back, like I think if he can just – kind of in the mentality to ride around and get a 10th 
that would be fine. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you think you would have that mentality a bit? I think so, but uh, I just don't think Trey thinks that way. <laughs> I don't. From every <laughs> every time I've ever watched him race, he doesn't seem like he likes to lay up. You know, if he was a golfer, he would be the one that was trying to hit it over the water every time. So, <clears throat> while I hope that's the case, I hope he you know rides within his means. I just know how much of a competitor he is. And sometimes to his own detriment, he's just willing to go for it. And that's won him, you know, races and championships, and it's uh, it's also cost him and, and uh, caused him some injuries. So not that all, they've all been his fault. I know that's a frustrating point for him is sometimes it's not his fault and bad things happen. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just uh, the way his, his racing mind operates is he's going for it. All right. So um, what – Trey Kennard at peak, peak form right now? Three, four, five, six spots. If nothing goes wrong, uh, I believe so. I don't. I don't think he can go out. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to use the term off the couch. But we know that's not true. But right. with no races, really, no main events this season. Uh, he was hurt for the majority of last season. <clears throat> I don't think he can go out and, and battle with Dungey or Tomac if they're you know having a, a typical night. Um, but I, I do think he could get into that mix where. It's been kind of a, a carousel of guys, um, whether it's Reed or Marvin or Anderson or Webb or uh, Millsaps, Baggett. You know, I, I think he can get in there with, with those guys. Um, you know, he's usually fit. Fitness is usually not a huge issue for Trey, so mm-hmm. I don't expect to see him just fall off the map uh, the second half of the race like we've seen from Mookie lately. Uh, I just wonder where his, uh, you know, his race legs are because these guys are getting into the point where they're in, they're kind of hitting their stride as far as – you gain momentum as the races go on, and it's really, really difficult to just jump back in. Now, having said that, right. Trey is one of those guys that's always been able to do that. He seemingly is impervious to the uh, the struggles that most people have jumping into the middle of a season. So I think there's a lot of storylines with Trey. Um, if, if history repeats itself, he could come out and, and set the fastest lap time. We've seen that happen before from him. <clears throat> I just see either a, uh, a good race, which would be – the three, four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. or he has a mistake, and you know it's somewhere in the teens there. So, right. um, I just don't see a lot of in between. So we saw last week Eli Tomac uh, track down Dunge, and nine seconds back was the greatest gap. Uh, tits over there is still not worried, but that's okay. Um, let me ask you this: if the track, if the track was dry, just a normal Supercross track. And like a Glendale, there, there's say Dunge doesn't do that three four, um, even though it's normal. You know, never mind the mud and everything else. Yep. Does Tomac still catch and catch and pass him? How much of Tomac's ride was due to the track conditions? Never mind the jump that Dungey didn't want to do because we saw that in Glendale. Um, he's just being maybe a little cautious. How much of it was the track that he was able to? Tomac was able that don't that say. Let's let's put let's put it more on Dunge was sketched out on. Than Tomac mm-hmm. was was good on. What do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna say <clears throat> probably an unpopular opinion, but I'm gonna say he wouldn't have caught him if it wasn't for that jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it wasn't simply the fact that he jumped the jump and he was making up, you know, the, something that Wygan would hate if you know I just had one. There was a 1.3 second gap, and if you multiply 1.3 times 15 laps, and that's how much you know what I mean. Right. I don't buy into that because <clears throat> so much of this racing is mental, and. That, that momentum and the confidence snowballs. So when Tomac starts jumping that, he starts cutting into the lead. 
that starts to also mess with Dungy's, you know, psyche as far as he starts to go into panic mode a little bit. Instead of riding confidently and trying to build his lead, mm-hmm. he starts riding defensively and worrying about Eli more than he's worried about himself. Uh, so those things kind of work together to decrease the lead. Um, whereas if Eli had never started jumping that and Dungy, say Dungy's losing 0.3, 0.4 a lap, mm-hmm. that's not going to freak him out because he's he's got so much confidence and experience at this point that he can try to way to man try to find a way to manage that and try to you know okay well, if I pick this section up if I pick that up a little bit maybe I can cut that down to point one or point two which probably is not going to matter you know he's probably not going to make up five or six seconds knocking off point one or point two a lap. Where if you're coming at a second a lap, I mean, there's not much you can do about that. That, yeah. that seems like an insurmountable uh, amount of time to make up for Dungy, and he's probably inside his helmet. He's just freaking out because he may not have even known until Tomac got there where he was making all that time up, which is uh, pretty heartbreaking for the guy that's out front. Right, right. Uh, still talking about more Trey Kennard is Colin. Colin, welcome to the show. How are you? Uh, what's your question about Trey Kennard? Hey, guys. Um, my question is, you guys pretty much covered it all, but I, I come up with one whenever you were talking. Um, sure. It's, it's dumb to say, it sounds dumb to say that the injury helped him, but he looked so bad uh, in practice at a ham one. And then, of course, uh, uncomfortable on the bike. Now, whether that was an injury or not because of the shoulder, I don't know. But um, more time on the bike, did that help him at all? Or at that point, you know, he should have had enough time already. What do you guys think? What do you think, JT? He's asking as far as Trey, as far as bike time? Yeah, yeah. Like he got injured, right? So he had um, he had to be off the bike for a couple weeks, right? But then he's been riding again for another two or three weeks. Did that help him or no? Without I don't think in the big picture that it mattered too much because you got to remember he was racing that bike in early October, you know, in, in October uh, for yeah. the uh, straight rhythm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't. Th- I, I think if anything, he was just trying to get back, you know, kind of up to speed. Um, okay. instead of more like getting better because those, you know, 10 weeks or so that he had or maybe even more, whatever the time frame was that he had his KTM and was putting, that, that was a time where you're going to really get, get better per se. It's okay. really tough to make huge strides or huge gains in two or three weeks. Uh, for him, okay. he's just trying to get get back to kind of where he was, yeah. and it's, um, which he's not going to be able to do, but he, he can get close. For and sure. his crash at A1 was pretty good. It was a good one. I watched it. I was stand, sitting right there, so... Um, yeah, well, yeah. I, uh, I've i been a Canard fan since 08 and a Fly fan, and between the Pulp Mech show and him, you know, wearing it, and I'm a, I love Honda, and he was on Honda. He's my he's my man, and he has been for a long time, and it's been rough, but I'm sticking <laughs> with him, and I was hoping uh, JT was going to say he's going to come out and win uh, Saturday. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I don't know about, I don't know about that, but yeah, I like I like the I like the uh, passionate uh, loyalty. Even though he went to KTM, you're you're sticking with him. I like that. I'm sticking with him no matter what. I'm sticking with him, and uh, I don't like Kenny, and he took Trey's spot, and it made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, thanks. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hard to – uh, uh, go ahead. Just to, just to touch on his comment, I think Trey is – for that guy, he has hope of Trey just coming out and, and putting it all together. Uh, he's 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 on the right horse if you're looking for that type of weekend because, as I said earlier, Trey's one of the only guys in the sport that can literally have no time and no one expects anything and come out and be one of the fastest guys. So for him to have a great qualifying lap time or even win a heat race, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, it would be surprising, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be shocked, right. especially since we've seen so you know such uh, crazy results in these heat races with Millsaps and Marvin and all these guys winning. Yep. 
But for 21 or 22 minutes at the intensity level that, that Ryan and Eli and all these guys are pushing at right now, mm-hmm. I don't see him being able to sustain that this, this early in the comeback. Uh, let's get to Cody. Cody, what's up, man? You want to talk about Chad Reed and Brayton? Yeah, well, Reed and, and I want to compare Reed and uh, Cooper. That you know, They're riding the same bike. I yep. was just thinking, um, <clears throat> you mentioned that or it's, <clears throat> it's obvious that Chad seems like he does better on the hard pack. And just looking at ever since Cooper's been quote unquote uh, fixed um, after the first two rounds, mm-hmm. uh, going into A two, it was it was pretty ruddy and sloppy, and Chad struggled. But Cooper, I believe, got he started in the top three, I think, and ended up with fourth A two. Uh, yeah. And then and then we went to Glendale, and he got a bad start and kind of rode around with Marvin and Ace or whatever it was. And then you saw what obviously Chad did. And then we go back to. Uh, ruts and stuff, and uh, Chad gets a bad start. I think he started like 16th or something, and then uh, Cooper, I think, pulled the whole shot, which I'm not sure, but it's just so weird to me that there's that's the I mean, same bike, but they're doing opposite things, <laughs> yeah. each rider. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. right. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, and, Cody, this weekend will be a real another lit- litmus test because we're back to Glendale-ish uh, dirt right. and, and, and track design and everything else. And um, you, you're right. Although from people I talk to, Cody, uh, Chad and uh, and Cooper are pretty pretty far apart in terms of setup, bike setup. They're what they oh, like, okay. how they like a bike to work and everything else. Um, yeah. So it is interesting, JT, would- though, right? The, the the web and read thing where they're, they're ping-ponging and yo-yoing on different better results. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because we've got a lot of racing left. And not only just the bike setup between the two, but how the relationship kind of hinges on that. And if there's any, um, I don't think jealousy is the right word, but as far as, you know, animosity or if they can keep it cool in the truck. And, you know, both of them, I don't want to say they have egos, but they obviously both want to beat each other. You know, I don't think their first goal is to beat each other, but they are competitors with each other now. Yeah. Um, and there's always, no matter what team you're on, there's always going to be a desire to be the top guy in your team, you know, and for Chad, he's trying to, uh, maintain, I don't want to say maintain relevance because that's probably too strong, but he's trying to kind of establish dominance a little bit as far as being, Hey, I'm Chad Reed, you know, I'm, I'm the guy. Yeah. And then for Cooper, yeah. you know, Cooper's not, doesn't seem to really be scared of anybody. So at some point here, he's going to, you know, he's the face of Yamaha moving forward. Uh, so there's a there's a bit of a clash going on there, especially with Cooper kind of establishing himself at the the front of the results the the last couple weekends anyway. Well, and then um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be an interesting storyline to watch play out. Yeah. So so do they do they compare kind of what they're what each one is doing like the at least the team guys and kind of try to go that way to maybe meet like in the middle somewhere. Or do the riders just no way? You know, I like my bike my way. There's no. No, way. yeah, they like their bike their way, and that's it. They they both probably yeah. both to their own mechanics tell them the mechanics that the other guy is out to lunch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, they probably both tell their mechanics. I can't believe what that dude's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean they'll both know yeah. what each other's doing. Yeah, like though it's not like it's secret what the other guy's trying or running, but most of the time it's like, yeah, he can have it because I can't ride that way. Right. Um, thanks, Cody. Thanks, man. All right. Thank, Thank you. you. Alex, what's going on? You want to talk about Ken Roxon and Ryan Dungey? Yeah. Uh, you remember like uh, when J-Law and Ryan Dungey were going at it, and J-Law kind of got in Ryan Dungey's head. He started making mistakes. He lost the points, please. J-Law won the title. 
Do yeah. you think that yeah. was taking effect on Denji in the beginning? And now he's, you know, he's making uncharacteristic mistakes. He's kind of trying to regroup. And then, you know, um, no, play the part. And no. the shot that, that... He's gone. I, I don't, I don't. Dunge did kind of throw away that 2 title, Supercross title. Uh, I don't think it was a J-Law in his head thing that people love to say. And J-Law ran with it, so that's good. But, you know, I mean, I don't know about that. And and, and, and JT, I have heard the, the whole, you know, Roxon was in his head and now he's gone. I, I don't, these guys at this level, man, at the elite level like Ryan Dungey, I don't think that that's, that's something that's a plausible theory. Uh, I don't think now. I think uh, at the time, you know, back then, if you go back seven years ago, whatever it was, uh, I, I do think that Ryan was susceptible to head games a little bit. Um, J-Law was certainly under his skin. You know, he was really, really unhappy with J-Law more than one time. You know, I can remember, obviously, the 2009 season, he lost that title. And then the 2010 and the 450 season, when J-Law came back, like at Indy, and was screwing with him in practice, obviously, Ryan wasn't having it. Um, but I don't. I think uh, Ryan Dungey's, you know, to, I guess, use a cliche, he's kind of grown into a man now. Yeah. And uh, I just see him in a much more mature, experienced place mentally uh, to where, you know, even even when Tomac has beaten him soundly the last two weekends, you didn't see any panic with him. When Roxon beat him soundly at Anaheim 1, you didn't see any panic at all. No. And uh, I think that's a, just a combination of him growing mentally, and then uh, he's got some really smart people in his corner kind of keeping the, you know, keeping him calm too. Right. Uh, let's get to Kevin. Let's talk about 250 East. Kevin, what's up, man? You want to talk about 250 East? Yeah, I wanted to see what your thoughts were on um, how Zach Osborne's going to do while training with uh, with um, I'm sorry, Alden. Uh, Alden. Hey, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? I feel like uh, Osborne's coming in under the radar a little bit. We talk about Savachi and and since Cirillo's the wild card and Christian Craig will be good. Um, and I feel like JT, maybe myself included, we're not making enough of Osborne and and, and being part of Alden's program. Uh, you know, and, and and we saw him win heat races last year. He he was very fast many times. He won a moto last year for the first time. Um, maybe we're not talking enough about Osborne. Yeah, I think the jury's out. Um, Alden is uh, obviously has a hugely successful track record, uh, but I don't know in the 250 class if it's been so pronounced. So um, we'll have to see. You know, because for all the guys that have done well with Alden, there's the Tyler Rattrays and the Jake Weimers and and other guys that that struggled in that program. So we'll see. I think Zach is he did the right thing because I don't, I think uh, he was missing something and I don't know what that was, but it mm-hmm. just seemed like he was always capable of winning and being a championship level guy, but just something was missing in his, in his package there to, to put it all together. So I don't know that this will be it. You know, everyone kind of uh, pencils me in as an Alden Baker guy, which I, I think it's a great program, but I don't think you can just say, yep, you go there, you're going to win. You know, yeah. I, I do think it's, it's a great place to be and I think it will probably help him, but um, to just say he's going to come out and win now, I think is a little bit foolhardy too. So yeah. we'll just have to see. We'll see. Have to see if it made a difference or not. Yeah, I mean, he's never won it for the Supercross main event, right? He, uh, I don't. know. He won his first outdoor overall yeah, last year. Yeah, I don't. He's never won it for the Supercross. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures of him on like Instagram, and he looks really fit. I haven't seen any riding videos. No, he does look fit. I, oh, he'll be fit. I agree with if that. He, yeah. One thing that Alden's going to do, you're going to be lean and you're going to be fit and probably yeah. hungry. <laughs> um, 
Thanks, man. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Tim, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. What's happening? Hey, what's up, guys? What's up? I was wondering about uh, with Dungey winning already and Roxon winning already and the potential of Sealy and Rescan getting a win. When was the last time there was teammates that won the Premier Class? A 450. Um, Honda, right? Honda won a bunch. Yeah, it depends if you if you count Chad. Remember with Chad, if he was a member of the team when he was on a Honda, there was uh, a Sealy and Canard won one year. Um, Bowman and Reed? Yeah, that, that was back in the day for sure. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's been a while. It's been a while for sure because the the the, uh, the price that these guys um, uh, charge, like the, the the salaries for the number one guys, they just don't leave you with enough room to get another elite guy, right? Um, Marvin. 14, uh, 14 would have been Kennard and Sealy, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, 15 was Oakland for Kennard, but I don't know if Sealy got another win that year. Am I thinking of. Oh, was it 15? Maybe it was 15. It was 15. Oakland and, and Sealy. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, you're right. Um, Tim. So let's, let's, let's ask JT who gets the win first moose scan or Sealy. I'm going to go with Marv. Um, I don't really have a lot of evidence to support that, right. but, uh, <laughs> I, I think that Marvin from what I've seen has the speed advantage over Cole. And I think to win right now, you've got to have, there's too many guys that are too good to just luck into a win. So for Marv, there's weekends where, you know, he's been the fastest qualifier a few times. He's always at the front. He he was actually turning the fastest lap times of the main event. And, you know, when he was in mm-hmm. 12th place or whatever last weekend. So I think he has that ability. And uh, I think he's shown that when he gets out front, you know, he can do it. He, he damn near did it at Atlanta last year. So um, Cole, I think, is a podium threat every single weekend right now. But I just haven't seen the – the flat-out speed to hold off all the guys he's got to hold off to win one. All right, there you go, Tim. You want a fly racing uh, gear bag? Sure, man. All right, stay on hold. Good question. Thanks for calling. Stay on hold to get your info. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was on Sealy's bandwagon, JT. I don't know if you heard about this or not, but. Um, Maybe. A little bit. I, thought, I like Marv to get the win also at this point. I mean, Cole's riding well. Yeah. I, I hate that, you know, because. We do these shows, and we have to give honest opinions, and, and then people think we're bagging on Cole, and, and I'm not at all. I mean, you have to pick one. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to pick I'm gonna pick Marv. He's had yeah. podiums at the beginning of the season. He's had a couple of rough weekends, but even in those rough weekends, he's had brilliant speed. So um, that's what I'm going on. I think he'll get a start here at one of these, and uh, there's not a quote-unquote dominant guy right now. Right. You know, I guess Tomac could be if you looked at the last two weeks, but before that, you'd have to look at Dunge and then Roxon, and, and it's kind of been a – <clears throat> a roller coaster of guys. So um, I think uh, I think Marv's due here. Last weekend, I actually picked him to win. I think had he got the whole shot, I think maybe he would have. Um, but I think it's coming. Austin, welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, man. What's your question? Yeah, so we know that this could be Dungey's last year, and contracts for the top guys usually get done coming up, like right here for next year. Mm-hmm. So they wait out for him to decide, or like because they can miss out on another rider for next year. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's already ongoing one way or another. Like, how are you feeling? What do you want to do? Do you want to keep it going, Dunge? You know, that type of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would think, you know, by halfway through Supercross, they, like, they tone a time. We'll kind of know what's going on if they're working on it. Um, and if they're not, then yeah, absolutely. Then they're calling Eli Tomac. His contract's yeah. up. Um, is Anderson's deal up? I don't know. I don't know how that work would go jumping from a Husky to a KTM team. 
you know, they're kind of outbidding, they're bidding against each other. So, um, yeah, JT, have you heard anything new about this, or what, what do you think? No, and I think uh, for KTM, you know, they're going to, if there's any chance that they can keep Ryan Dungey, they're going to they're gonna wait, you know. Um, so I'm sure they're, they're trying to sell Ryan on staying as hard as they possibly can because if, if uh, you know, if Eli decides to stay, who do they get? You know, I don't think they would make a move. I don't think they would push Anderson over. I just don't see that happening, especially when they already have Marv, and that's kind of a sideways move. I think Anderson's kind of the face of Husky moving forward, unless they could get a guy like Eli Tomac. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I think, uh, you know, if they lose out on a guy like Dungy, I don't think there's a, a same caliber of guy ready to step into that spot. I keep meaning, uh, Austin, if I see Duck Coster in the pits, I'm going to ask him because he'll tell you. Um, I just haven't had a chance to pull Roger aside and, and ask him a question yet, but I, I do intend to uh, real soon and find out what's going on with Dungy's contract, if there's talks or whatever. Um, Roger's pretty honest. He'll he'll answer you. So uh, stay All tuned, right. man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, look for that post-race interview. All yeah, right, thanks. thanks, man. Yeah, I definitely uh, – Roger will uh, – We'll, we'll tell you the truth one way or another. Um, all right, so, JT, so Brayton and Reed, good tracks for them this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Can they get back to Glendale or is it just a start? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll be better. You know, and, and, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you can usually learn a lot from practice with confidence um, because, like, Brayton, he'll go straight to the front right away and uh, start turning hot laps, which he does that quite a bit anyway, but there's – it's it's no secret that these guys have confidence before they even get on the bike on certain weekends. And uh I do think for both of them they're probably excited coming in because they'll they'll remember two weeks ago and how they felt and, and similar conditions. Uh but if they don't get good starts it's all for naught. So uh they can have the greatest day going and feel fantastic and all those things, but if you start twelfth, sorry, the guy the guys at the front are gonna be gone before you can even think about getting into the top five, so there's so much pressure on these guys to get a good start these days, uh, maybe more than ever before. It's uh, it's tough if you don't get up there because, you know, for as much as a guy like DB wants to say the field's not deep, it's pretty deep if you want to try to pass through guys and get to the front. Short start straight, too, this weekend. It is, yeah. yeah. There's going to be some serious bar banging in the that first 90. The first, the flat yeah. 90 yeah. to the yeah. left. Yeah. Yeah, guys' elbows are going to be out. Yeah, no doubt. Um, do you think Tomac does it again? What are you going to – are you going to – the guy in the corner there, Tits, are you going to calm him down? Or, or do you think Tomac, you know, comes back this weekend again with another ride? I, I, I picked Dungy to win. I uh, My column came out today. I think Dungy bounces back. I think he gets a start and makes it happen. And, and uh, just on the short start, I think maybe Eli gets uh, gets shuffled around a bit and it gives gives Ryan enough room to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way Eli rides uh, on a track like, like Dallas – he can't just go crazy and, and turn in the kind of lap times he did at the beginning of the Glendale race if he's in traffic. It's just impossible. He can't yeah. do it because you it's can't choose the lines you yeah. want to choose. Yeah, it's too busy. So, There's no spot to open it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't open it up like that. So he's going to be waiting. Uh, but if he gets a start, which he has, oh, I guess he didn't last weekend, but he, like he did at Glendale. Um, and, he, and he's gotten plenty of good starts, I think, in the qualifiers this year to, to prove that he can get a start. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my dream would be those guys get out one, two, and just settle it on the track. Um, because <laughs> I, I do think Dungey's going to get sick of getting beat down like that and have to make a move, just like just like he did with with Kenny at uh, A two. You know, Kenny obviously had his huge get off, mm-hmm. but Ryan <clears throat> Ryan was proving a point. You know, that first half of the race before Kenny crashed, uh, that he was you know he could match speed and, and do whatever Kenny wanted to do. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I just wrote this uh, um, McGrath story on RacerX Online, um, oral history story, and I asked McGrath about LaRocco, and he said, you know what? LaRocco and I's races were so different. Uh, he started from the back. He worked up to caught me. I started up front, and, you know, rarely did we meet. Or if he if he did beat me, uh, he got the whole shot, a rare whole shot, and was gone. That's kind of Eli Tomac and Dungey's relationship. They don't meet a lot. They don't have a lot of battles because one guy gets out and is gone, and mostly it's Dungey, and Eli's starts are crappy, and then he just works his way up. They don't have a lot of battles. No, I, I tell you who I think has the most battles with him in history is, uh, you know, maybe RV, but uh, somebody that's still racing would be Chad. Those guys uh, those guys have battled a lot yeah. over the last five or six years. And uh, I, I can remember early in Ryan's 450 career, he just could not figure a way to get around Chad Reed. Could no, not do it. No. He, I mean, I... I I can only imagine the conversations that went on in Ryan's motorhome, him just, you know, cur- cursing himself and cursing the situation. I don't think he was mad at Chad because Chad wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. But he couldn't figure it out, just couldn't make it happen. Chad would outsmart him at every turn. And, uh, yeah, you, but you're right, to your point, that he and Eli really haven't had many run-ins. Yeah. Um, it's either uh, one guy's gone or, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't meet very often. Yeah, RV and R and then Dunge, oh, a ton, a ton, outdoors, indoors, you know, all of that. Yep. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. All right, let's get to Brian. Uh, Brian, what's up, man? How are you? Fellas, hope I hope all is well. What's happening? So, how come Dallas is a day race? Is it something having to do with AT and T Stadium? Because it really makes no sense for it to be for TV purposes. Because if I'm not mistaken, the race starts at yeah, well, I guess three east, three Eastern time, two Central. And you're going to tape delay the broadcast at 10? Yeah. I mean, why not start um, at 7 like normal? I was always told day races weren't done so to fit into a TV window that was available and this and that, and then this completely blows that theory out of the water. So I have no clue, Brian, why they're doing it. JT, Any- have you heard anything? Okay. No, I don't know. I know uh, you know the, the schedule racing starts at uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 Central. Uh, oh, but it's five. Okay. As- yeah, why the TV was done that way, I couldn't tell you. I, I assumed earlier this week that it was to fit a, a TV programming yeah. schedule, but uh, I was obviously informed of that later this week, and, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. So, I mean, I'm sure there's some reason. There has to be a reason, whether it's stadium, they have to get the dirt out of the stadium at a certain time or something's going on, uh, but I don't know what it is. So are you saying it's a, we're an hour uh, later night show than Oakland? Uh we, well, we started at three thirty, didn't we, in Oakland? Yeah, but the the time zones are different, so yeah. It's the program um, exactly yeah, but the local time, zone, just but. just local time, just local right. time. Local time would be opening ceremony at three thirty, racing at four. Oh, that was the same. Is in the Oakland. stream on Supercross Live? Um, would he, would you be yeah. able to get the live stream on that, or is that just international? On the, on the no. app, you can. Oh, uh, you can. Fox Sports oh. Go. Yes, you can. Right. Oh, you can on Fox Sports Go. Fox Sports Even Go is, not on Fox it Sports streams Sports. live because I, w- I watched it last week uh, on my app. Okay, but it, but it was live on TV then. But it's oh not yeah, live maybe you're right. Yeah, we week. need to check into this. This is uh, <laughs> yeah. something we need to look at. Check into yeah. check into this, Tits. See if see if you if people on the <laughs> app can and watch live even though it's not live on TV. You know what I mean? Tits is on it, Sorry, Brian. I'm sure we'll get. He's he's we'll now. We'll try to get you an answer and tweet it out. So follow I'm, Mathis on no, Twitter. I woke him up over there in the corner. He's he's on it. Thanks. Oh, Sorry for interrupting so much, guys. That's my fault. But I appreciate you guys' help on that. And hey, I understand. We just have no clue sometimes. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. I I agree. There's not a lot of uh, not a lot of answers given. I always thought it was for TV purposes, you know. But um, it's a it's a seven hour delay, which according to some people on my Twitter, it, life is over. 
crushing to them for seven hour delay. Yeah, I would be pretty bummed too. I would be. If I was at home, I would be uh, like last week. I, w- I had to leave or had a little family family situation going on. I had to leave early, and I watched the whole race on my app while I was driving home. Probably not the safest thing ever. But, no, no. Uh, I could hear it. I could hear it more than I could see it, which was fine. Um, but yeah, I would have been bummed if I had to wait seven hours last weekend. So I yeah. can I can definitely empathize with with fans. Yeah, that's a tough. That's tough. Especially, do you follow? So, if you're a fan, do you follow Twitter? You know what I mean. Are you all, or do you just shut everything off until that race starts at ten? You know, that's or whatever. difficult. Yeah, that's difficult because I've had this situation <clears throat> with uh, MotoGP, which I know you love that sport. Yeah, great sport. Right, but uh, there's been many weekends where I haven't been home in time to watch it on my DVR. Mm-hmm. But I know if I go on any social media whatsoever, I'm going to know everything that happened, and I so I. We'll just turn, you know, not do any social media, not text anyone that knows, do anything until I can get home and watch it. So I would, I would probably try to do that, but that's a tough for us. I think it would be tough if you're just, an, you know, an average person you're just tuning casually. Maybe right. it's a little easier. Uh, Tits over there says that the stream, the site says the live stream is real time. So if you go on an app, Fox yep. Sports uh, yep. Two app, and then Fox Sports app. No, that's for yeah, the page for the live Supercross live deal. You know, like twenty bucks each race or hundred dollars. That's for international yeah. only though. Oh, yeah, international is uh, yeah. twenty bucks a no, race. Tits doesn't know. It's that's for international people. All right, perfect. I don't. We'll, we'll figure it out. All right, JT. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll see All you right. in Dallas this weekend, man. See you. All right, Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Good. What's your question, man? Good. Um, have you noticed that? Do you think that Eli is sort of kind of like Kenny last year when they sort of stuck around and he start clicking off wins? Uh, I can't um, hear you. Speak into the phone a little bit. Hold the phone up if you can. You there? Hello? Hey, what's up? Now I can hear you. Okay, okay. Um, do you think that is something with um, Eli that the same thing happened to Kenny um, last year when they fixed or when they found that part and they just start clicking off wins? Um, yeah, yeah, same idea. Um, they made some motor changes, changed the clamp on Kenny's bike, and, and with Tomac, they uh, didn't really do any motor changes, but they did change the link. And uh, the sag, and it went to spring forks and some clamps. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, kind of the same stuff, you know, where, they, where, where the team works really hard, finds a setting, and, and, uh, and it works out. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, very similar, Chris. I think that, uh, that you're right, you know. It would always begs the question, like, why didn't you guys try that earlier? But all these teams don't yeah. really want to hear that. So, um, you know, so, um, yeah. All right, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. All right, thank uh, All right, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get. Pro Taper, Truck Hero, uh, Get Racing. Some of the exact same stuff that the factory teams use as well as the GP teams over there. Uh, Reed and Webb use it. It's that little orange box on the um, on the front fender of the bikes, and uh, it works really well for, uh, for all sorts of things. Um, uh, so, yeah, look forward to, uh, to that. Uh, get and get, get a discount from Get. We're setting that up as we go. It's, um, it's you. And me and your uh, your calls uh, here at the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show, 
flyracing.com. More than uh, moto gear, people. Mountain bike gear, snowmobile gear, fly hard parts, uh, fly racing, much more than motocross gear, of course, like I said. And uh, view their whole line on flyracing.com. Hard parts as well. Stands, levers, bars, that kind of stuff. Truck Hero. Truck Hero supplier, premium vehicle accessories made in the USA to outfit light trucks and SUVs from bumper to bumper. Comprise of worldwide renowned brands, back industries, undercover, NFAB, Bedrug, Husky Liners. Truck Hero is the name you can trust when it comes to the finest products for your truck, Jeep, or SUV. And Pro Taper, Geico Honda, JGR Suzuki, uh, the Rockstar Husky team, and the Rockstar Energy Husky Ice One team in Europe. They all use Pro Taper, Pro Taper parts, foot pegs, and bars, and sprockets, and chains, and brake pads, even. Uh, the folks at Pro Taper have expanded their line, and uh, they're on the show as well. So uh, we thank those guys uh, for coming on and, uh, and helping us out. 250. West Series, last race before the break. Justin Hill has a points lead over one over uh, KTM Shane Malkarath and Aaron Plessinger is right there. Plessinger doesn't have a win yet, but we're really thinking he should break through at any time. It's very strange. He's had a, had a strange season. At times, very fast. At times, uh, hasn't been that noticeable, but he's been racking up podiums, but I'm sure that's not where he wants to be. He wants to grab some wins and, and be in this title hunt. But for now... Uh, Justin Hill and uh, and Shane McElrath are moving on and um, uh, making this championship uh, look like it's going to come down to uh, to to one of those two guys. So, um, Tits Legendary in the corner trying to find our next guest, Dan Truman from Get. He's working on it. Let's talk a little bit about the JGR team. JGR Suzuki guys, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. Uh, Weimer looks to be in now for the rest of the year, or at least until Nationals. I should say the rest of the Supercross season because Pike broke his wrist, of course. Barsha, I think he's going to be back next week in Minneapolis. JT says maybe one week earlier or one week later in Atlanta. So we'll have to see about that. It'll be interesting to see how Barsha can do uh, on the Suzuki. Europe didn't go great. But it wasn't his full race bike either. So um, I think Pike got better from the Yamaha to the Suzuki until he got hurt, of course. He was riding very well. Spoke to him a few times. And uh, uh, the bike, he says the Suzuki window is just easier to set up. He's happy on the bike. He uh, he enjoys the bike and, and knows what it does. So that's that's a good point for the Suzuki guys. And I think for um, Barsha, it's a big year for him. Big season, so we'll see if the Suzuki works well for him. If he can get the Pike bump out of the Suzuki and Weimer, Weimer's had a few off races since he uh, since he joined the team. So started out well, you know, it was ripe for Anaheim one where he got the a four race deal, and uh, he's never really been told from there um, if he's going to be back on the team. But you would assume that he would be with Pike's injury. But what if the team? tells Weimer, hey, we need better results from you, or we're going to get another guy, another filling guy. Uh, or Nicoletti is done on the on the West. He's already getting uh, uh, paid uh, by the team, and if Weimer's results aren't good enough, then maybe they say, Weimer, thanks for your effort, thanks for your fill-in. We're going to put Phil on the 450 alongside Barsha. So I don't think Weimer is, is for sure uh, stamped that he's going to stay there for the rest of the year. Unless he gets some better results. I think the JGR guys are looking for a little better results. And uh, coming up into Dallas uh, this weekend, 250s, 450s getting exciting. Eli Tomac, see what he can do. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Give away the fly roller gear bag. And uh, with that, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Dallas this weekend from a man who's on the spot. Get Racing's Dan Truman. What's up, Get? How are you? Uh, good. Just in Dallas here and uh, getting ready for the weekend. You are the get guy, Dan. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Um, 
What kind of stuff, what kind of improvements, what kind of um, uh, attributes can somebody expect uh, on a production motorcycle from getting the GET system? Yeah, so on a production bike, um, for instance, most people buy an exhaust pipe for the first thing, you know, and you get small gains. Mm -hmm. That's why they buy it, mostly for the looks. Uh, with an ECU, you get a better overall curve for the bike and then higher revs. And then the thing you, you explain on the front fender is actually a launch control for the start mm -hmm. and has GPA. GPA stands for Get Power Assist, which is essentially works like a traction control without wheel speed sensors. Right. So it's really good for hard pack or wet conditions, whether you ride, you know, off-road or, or mm -hmm. motocross. So, you know, overall, you get a lot for the money, um, you know, compared to some of the other products that are out there that most people spend. Our disadvantage, I would say, is that, uh, people don't see an ECU. You know, it's hidden, mm -hmm. so yeah. it's not like the cool factor. Yep. So, you know, that's why we did have the the launch control, and now you can see it on the bikes, and, and people do like that. So. Yeah, and it's it's helped uh, help most of your guys get uh, get some good starts. Although we don't know about the CR, the CR22 guys not having great starts, but with the get, but he's got <laughs> he got one anyways. We'll we'll go uh, we'll go into depth of that, I guess. But uh, he did a lot of starts this week. There was a lot of clutches overnighted from California to Florida, and uh, I think he'll be better this week. Now you're at the race to uh, mostly uh, JGR Suzuki is a big uh, proponent of Get. They use them on their bikes, uh, and so your 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 role at the races more is helping those guys, helping all the Get riders, but the JGR Suzuki guys mostly, right? Yeah, mostly my job at this year is to to help develop the 250 program mm -hmm. for JGR Suzuki and Yoshimura. Um, we helped develop the, that bike in Europe last year with Jeremy Sewer and uh, the World Championship team. So they asked us to help them develop the U.S. bike. And that's my main role is help do that. I do the mapping on the bike during the week and, or, you know, preseason, I guess, and then any changes Phil needs on the West Coast. And then going into East Coast, uh, I, I think we can announce that they have a, a new rider. Yeah, it's um, all, it got released today, the press release. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, so Kyle Peters will be at round one. And that's my main role. Obviously, I still help out all the privateers, yep. and I go around and, and help out all the other teams. But, yes, I am based with the JGR Suzuki team. So really, you put a get on your bike, you're going to notice an instant improvement. Uh, whether and even if you don't know the launch control part of it, uh, you're going to notice an instant improvement across the range and be able to dial your bike in a little little easier than you can with the stock ECU, huh? Yeah, I mean we use a, a faster processor than the OEM use. You got to remember OEM has to buy tens of thousands of the the components for their OEM bikes. So yeah. They want to get the low cost. Where we may only sell a couple thousand of each, you know, model. So we spend a little bit more money on some of the components inside the ECU. So you get a little bit better throttle response. You know, things that we can spend the money on to make better. Mm -hmm. So overall, you know. We don't throw horsepower numbers out there because that's, you know, anybody yeah. can make numbers on horsepower. Right, but right. when you actually ride the butt motorcycle, you feel better throttle response, more over rev. And, you know, it, it, um, just on a stock bike, you don't need a mod bike. Is there a model that the, the Get really works well on that really awakens? Is there a particular model that you found in your, in your travels? Um, our, our two biggest sellers, um, because maybe we have, I think, uh, my opinion is that we've had the most time to develop is mm -hmm. the Yamaha, because it came out with, uh, they had a carbureted bike for so long, yep. and then when they went fuel injection, we were the first ones to go ahead and do that on the 250 model, and then also the KTM, we have a big relationship with KTM worldwide, and in all of, you know, even Moto3 street bikes and things, so we have a lot of development there. The other ones are coming along very good, but I would say the KTM and the Yamaha are our best two. Um... Talking about Dallas this weekend, it's a busy track. It's a little bit like Glendale. The floor's not as big, but football stadium. Uh, JT and I were talking a little bit. 
I think our buddy Chad and I think Brayton rebound this week. I don't know where they're going to rebound to. It couldn't get much worse than it did in uh, in Oakland. Well, Chad did all right, I guess. Okay. But um, I think they rebound this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think uh, we talked about this on one of the other shows, and I think that both Chad and Brayton are going to come into the weekend with some confidence, knowing that it's not going to be, um, you know, really wet and ruddy, even though Glendale was one of the wettest tracks in yeah. practice. Um because they watered it so much. But overall, uh, the track was good. But they also both got great starts there. So yep. it comes down to the start. Um, they both got great starts you know, inside the top five, and, and they finished there. So I don't think they're going to start 12th and 13th and come up into the top five. Yeah. But I do, I do think they will be better this weekend. Yeah, short star straight, too. So that's uh, – I don't know if that's good or bad, but short star straight. So maybe the Yamaha, yeah, I talk, you know. I talked to Chad about that this week, and I think, you know, he's – He's gotten lucky the last couple of weeks uh, out of the heat races. Not, not I don't want to say lucky, but he had some guys crash, um, you know, here or there when yep. Anderson and Freeze got into it the one week and things like that. Uh, I think it's going to be very important to see the heat race, uh, the guys go for it in the heat race because the short start skate pick is that much more important. At Glendale, you could hold shot from anywhere. The start was all yeah. the way down the start, yep. you know. So I think heat race will be a lot more important this week. Qualifying position will be more important, so I'll look for that and see, you know, if Brayton and Chad are really fast in practice, then you kind of know they're going to have a good night. You know what? Uh, you know, a sure sign that, that Chad is depressed. He, I texted him twice this week and no reply. Nothing gnarly, just questions for him and never got back, just stuck in a hole, mad at everybody. <laughs> yeah, I went there on Monday and went to the track, and, you know, he did his normal program, and like I said, he is working on starts, and, he thought he figured some stuff out. I think he did figure some stuff out in Glendale, mm-hmm. and he was really good. And um, I really do think he made some steps in the right direction. And then last weekend, his starts were just horrendous. And if you look at times, he actually wasn't bad. 101s, 102s was the same as Marvin and those guys. But you can't come from, I think, first lap he was 16th or yeah. 18th or something. So, uh, um, yeah, he's been quiet this week. Um so. Without telling us too much, is he still battling the clutch on the Yamaha a little bit? I know last year he was. He was uh, maybe that was part of the reason why he felt it didn't work on on soft track, soft tacky tracks. But he battled the clutch last year. Does he have Does he have that problem solved? Yeah, that problem solved. It. it uh, you are right about last year. There was an issue. Uh, it, he was open about it. They're, right. they're not battling the clutch. At, I mean, I okay. think he's taking blame for it. Honestly, okay. I don't think he's. I don't think he's blaming the bike. Wow, it's uh, a new Chad Reed. <laughs> <laughs> he's not yeah i mean he's not he's not blaming the bike you know cooper right. even though his and cooper setups are quite a bit different mm-hmm. uh cooper is getting good starts and they you know when they go down to the things they use the clutch is the same the tires are the same the ignition is the same the things that kind of matter are the same mm-hmm. so um i think he's taking a little blame on himself i think he he worked on that this week and he's going to continue to um so I, I'm optimistic that he'll get better starts this weekend. So I guess we'll see on right. Saturday. Hey, how much of your day, and you talked about working with, you know, Phil, and you're going to work with Kyle Peters here coming up, and, and, you know, I'm sure you check in on Chad and Cooper and all that stuff. How much of your day is making changes between races? Uh, are the guys pretty set after practice, or do you find yourself or they, the team, Dean Baker and, and different people, make changes after heat races? That would be a little sketchy to me. Yeah, we we do with with Phil and the 250. We have made a lot of changes. Okay, um, 
Well, I would say more so than the 450 guys. Yeah. On the four on the 450, when the track dries out, we adjust the GPA and get to get more traction. Mm-hmm. So that would be our one of our really only changes. Not so much in the mapping, uh, just more to when, if the track's going to dry out. Okay. And and that. But on the 250, we have made a lot of changes for Phil. We we worked on starting stuff um, because the gates do get drier throughout the night, and. Um, I would say in Glendale we we made the most changes with Phil going into the night mm-hmm. show and yes you're right it is going right from scary. the heat race into right. the main event it's kind of <laughs> scary you're like are you sure <laughs> and yeah. you know so that's where you got to lean on the the rider and the, and the rider has to lean back on the team and say okay listen we all believe this is the right direction mm-hmm. you know let's go that way yeah and uh, you know if you look at Phil at, at at Glendale or the last few races he's gotten better throughout the night and we've. For him, we've made a lot of changes, more so than anybody else. Right. But I think it's because it's a new program. Yeah, I think me as a rider, I'd be like a little be like, hey, I'm leaving it for the main. Like, I, this is the biggest, <laughs> most important race of the night, and I'm good, you know. But, yeah, hey, whatever. You know, that's that's a cool thing about the get system is the adjustability and the programmability of it, too. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing, you know, and that's what we give to our teams. They all have the same software and they all have the same tuning capabilities. So it's, you know, nothing's, you know, Yamaha doesn't have something that Suzuki doesn't have and, and vice versa. So right. we try to try to work together to develop the product. Okay. And you can hear more of Dan on the NFAB Fantasy Moto uh, podcast as well that we did. Um 250s, before we let you go, 250 class. Look, Plessinger, man, he was, you know, my pick to win it. And he, and he still could still win this thing. But, Dan, for me, after this weekend, there's three rounds left. He's 16 down now, and McElrath's in between them. I just, I don't know how Aaron Plessinger is going to pull this off. Like, those other two guys have been so good. And, you know, if it was one guy and he was 16 down, okay. But now he's got to go through two guys. Um, I don't know. about. Aaron Plessinger, uh, you know, obviously he can still win it, but it's going to be a tough road. Yeah, for for me, I don't see how they beat Hill right now. He's on a roll. Confidence is is so high in this sport, as we all know. And uh, McElrath just gets on the podium one way or another. So he would need a lot of help. I think he would need to win this weekend and somebody like Davalos get second and fourth mm-hmm. get third to really gain some points. Yeah. If that if that happens, I see that he has a really good chance. But if he doesn't win this weekend, I just don't see how he can come back from that big yeah. of a gap. It because it's over two riders. If it was yeah. just one rider, then yeah. maybe. But he would need a lot of help, you know, with both Hill and McElrath yeah. having issues. Yeah. So what's going on with him? I mean, two second places, a third place to start the year. Nothing wrong with that. Three straight podiums, but Phoenix and Oakland just. I mean, Oakland, he got caught up in Forkner's crash. He had a good start going. And, and Glendale, uh, just a poor start, I guess. That's yeah, really... but even in, even in Oakland, though, I mean, he got up, he passed Phil, and, and yep. obviously nothing against Phil, you know. But then he never could do anything after that. You know, yep. He got back up and going, and then, you know, there was six, seven laps left, and he was able, never able to do anything. So I'm not sure, but I, he was my pick to win last weekend. I thought he would win in the yeah. ruts and, and yeah. be good, but you can't. It's not his fault, I know the Forkner thing, but you kind of put yourself in those positions when you're around those guys, and, um, you know, you can't win in that class starting back there. There's just no way. Yeah, no and, way. and honestly, looking at the track map this weekend, I like Hill to win again, man. I really do. Um, it's technical. It takes some skill, and that's just Justin Hill's uh, thing. I like him to win again. Yeah, Hill's been good in practice, so have a good qualifying time, and you know that just leads through the night. And uh, like we've said before, you can tell if Hill's going to have a good night from the first lap of practice. He starts jumping big things, and you know he was he did the three four at Glendale uh, on the two fifty mm-hmm. you know, before anybody, I think. So 
um, yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to bet against them right now. Uh, last call of the Fly Racing Moto 60 show is uh, Hal. Hal, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. Uh, doing pretty well, man. Me and the wife are uh, halfway between Houston and Dallas driving to the race. And oh, sweet. Listen to the 60 show, and uh, the wife actually came up with a really good question. i got to give her kudos. Um, <laughs> the okay. KTM, they produced the uh, factory edition to, I think, address some of the homogamization rules. Yeah. Um, what about Husqvarna? You you hear anything about them producing their version of a factory edition or kind of what's the seems to be a a difference there yeah uh the the husky i think is really close though isn't it dan to the ktm factory edition yeah so my understanding is that husky is just always a little bit behind so they do the the factory edition and then that is what the husky is the next uh, year yeah 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 so uh, i get your question it, it from what I understand, it sounds like are you asking if Husky would do a factory edition, kind of like a half a half year bike? But I yeah, think right. that they yeah. lean on KTM to do that. I think there's a lot of cost into that mm-hmm. because they have to produce so many bikes in such a short amount of time. I don't think it's so easy to uh, yeah to make it happen. They're basically one year behind KTM. How in their special editions? They just uh, yeah okay they, they do that. All right, so. cool. Hey, if, if you have one more second, I've got a question for Get Guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, Dan. What's the uh, the difference between your uh, is it the GP one, uh, the Evo, the blue box, and the uh, orange box? Yep. Yeah. It's a, that's what a good does the guy question. get so, over the blue than the orange? Yep. So the blue box is the one that all the teams use, and that the only difference the ECU does the same performance wise. It's the same internals, but the capabilities of tuning is the difference. So if you have a full race engine and we're running second injectors and things on these race bikes, then you need the blue box for the for the capability of tuning. The orange box is the one that the distributors like Western Power Sports and, and Takaraki sell, and that is, you know, more made towards your everyday guy that has a, a stock stock motor with maybe some porting or something like that and exhaust pipe. So it's just the tuning capabilities is all that's different. Okay, cool. So so a guy like me, fat and 50 and not fast, that's orange box guy. Yeah, you get an orange box, and even with the orange box, you get what's called a Wi-Fi comm, and you can tune the ECU from an iPhone or an Android, any smart device. You can still make adjustments to it. It's just limited of what you can do. Okay, yeah, so, cool. So, Hal, hey guys, if you, thanks for the yeah, time. Thanks, Hal. Appreciate it. So if Hal doesn't have the second injector like a cow he does stock or whatever, and he's not adding it to his 450, he's good to go. It's, yeah, yeah. You just you can you know you can buy one and plug it in, unplug your stock one, plug it in, you're good. You know we do offer the race style one for the you know the it's more for the smaller teams, the performance shops kind of thing. Right, right, right. You know that are going to do second well, injectors. Like cool, Dan. Thanks. Uh, enjoy Dallas. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. You got uh, Phil Nicolaiti for the last time. Um, oh, hey, let me ask you this. I had something I threw out there before we got you on the show. If Weimer doesn't pick it up. He's a fill-in rider, of course. Barsha's coming back soon. If Weimer doesn't pick it up, do you think there's a scenario where JGR says, thanks, Jake, we're good. We got Phil to ride a 450. He's already under contract. I don't think so. Okay. I think that uh, my, my opinion is is that JGR, it, they're very good people, and, and I think that they appreciate Jake stepping up when he needs to step up, step up and they're going to say, okay, listen, we need you to, we need you to get better. Right. But let's hope we don't come to that. But yeah, I get what you're saying, yeah, but I yeah. think Jake stays there. Yeah, no, I do too. I just, something I was thinking, like, I wonder if they're like, Hey man, you know, we got a guy under contract. His name is Phil Nicoletti and he's ridden 450 supercars before. So, but they're not, it's not like they're paying Jake a ton of money no. and True. let's, let's be honest. Phil hasn't really 
crushed it in 450 Supercross. I'm telling so. him you said that. I'm telling him you said that. <laughs> I'll tell him I said it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. All right, thanks. All right, thanks, everybody. Flyracing.com, Pro Taper, Truck Hero, and Git. Git, Git. That's Dan Truman from Git. Jason Thomas from Fly Racing. That was your phone call, so we give away a Fly Roller Gear Bag as well. Grande Roller Gear Bag. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it, Tits. Thanks for your service uh, today. It was fantastic. My pleasure. And uh, we will see you guys next week. What is next week? Uh, Minneapolis. So, yeah, we will talk then for Minneapolis. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for our sponsors. Thanks, Tits. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for everything. You're welcome. Great, great work. My pleasure. Yeah.